Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our double feature Netflix review for El Camino and In the Tall Grass with the boy Benny. Hello. So, uh, hey, ever since we started this podcast a couple of years ago, Netflix has just been up in the game, releasing more content and uh, now we're at the stage where we're doing a double review for Netflix. It's kind of crazy to think like if you told me that three, four years ago, um, it's a different world now. It's a different yeah, world. I feel like they've got a pretty notable release every couple of weeks at the moment. It's insane. It's, mm. it, so first off the ranks, let's talk El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, a Netflix movie, a movie. Full title. Uh, six years after Breaking Bad wrapped up, Gosh, here we six are. Six years. 2013. Uh, get an old man, get an old. <laughs> so, you know, Vince Gilligan's back, uh, the director, creator, of the show mm-hmm. and uh, Aaron Paul's back. We, we're seeing the epilogue, as it were, to Breaking Bad. Benny, how are you going into this film and what's your uh, relationship with Breaking Bad, the old series? So I remember this show back in the day when TV was just kind of morphing into this prestigious thing that it now is. Um, I, I remember just seeing the DVD case about this show that everyone was talking about and seeing the dad from Malcolm in the Middle in his tidy whities just standing there with a gun. I'm like, I'll get around to it eventually. And I think uh, about three or four seasons in, I actually started watching it and then just kind of was plowing through it Connor style. Um, I was always kind of watching it on my computer while doing other stuff, which is not something I generally do, but that show was so um, it was so easy to just keep going and yeah, you know, yeah. watch episode to episode. But um, yeah, so I, I went all through that again eventually caught up to where it was, which was about a season and a half before it ended. Okay. Then had to watch the rest of it with all the rest of the people yes. week to week, um, which I kind of struggle with with more complex shows because in between seasons I forget everything. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, so the, the back end of the series is a little less strong in my mind than the rest of it. Um, you know, I, I still remember Gus Fring and Tuco Salamanca from the early <laughs> the early part, but uh, the back end, I'm like, oh, there was some Nazis, I think. Um and uh, yeah, but I, I love the show all the way through. Um, and then Better Call Saul, I tried a little bit. Um, I watched half the first season or so. It okay. was it was really great. I just never stuck with it because I'm getting older and dumber and I just can't, I don't have the attention span yeah, for things yeah. anymore. Happens, bro. Yeah. Um, and then we get this announcement that they're making like a Jesse Pinkman movie. Or it wasn't even really announced. It kind of leaked uh, several ways. I can't even remember how. They, they sh- yeah, we kind of mentioned happened. it. Because they shot the movie in secret over like 50 days or so. Really? Yeah. Um, and uh, Aaron Paul was really pissed that it kind of leaked out. And okay. Netflix just refused to sort of actually announce it. Right. Uh, so it kind of strangled along for a while there. not People not knowing if it was what, what it really was exactly. And then they finally properly announced it with a trailer um, after everyone already knew. Uh, and then I was pretty much in a similar boat to a lot of people thinking, well, this seems unnecessary. But um, Vince Gilligan, he's pretty great. So... I, I don't know. I don't really have any opposition to him telling a little more story in this world that he's created. Yeah, man. I think you, you couldn't have said it better. Um, my experience with Breaking Bad was um, I binge watched the whole thing in six weeks. Wow. And I literally caught up to the second last episode. Uh, wow. So I watched that all in one go and then I had to wait a week. Wow. For the last episode and it was agonizing. That is so much better than the way I did it though. We uh, my, my my current wife and I, when we were just dating, we just did it perfectly. We were, we were doing three episodes a night. Yeah. We were just absolutely just living, breathing 
But I think you're 100% correct. The back half of the season is way less memorable than the, sorry, the back seasons, mm. especially season five. Mm. I remember a lot less than the other seasons. Is that the last season? Yes. Yeah. Because season five was in the two halves of eight. Yes. And yeah. everything was in 11 episodes except season one, which I think was nine or eight, mm. maybe even six episodes. Um, but I, I love the way it ended and, and you're totally right. It was on the cusp of that explosion of TV you know, you can credit uh, Sopranos. You can credit. Um, you mentioned Oz mm. before the podcast. Old school. Um, even True Detective. You know, it's in that yeah. sort of Renaissance period. Prestige television. So, to get this announcement, you know, I wasn't that excited for this film. I thought. How do you feel about the the series finale? I I loved it. Yeah. I thought like it was very well received overall. You've done it perfectly, I thought. Yeah, you know, leave it there's at that. A many different ways you can go, and that for me was a satisfying way to go. Mm. Um, and just one final little bit of your opinion to calibrate where we are at with the audience. What did you think about the fly episode? Oh, Ryan Johnson's one. If that was Ryan Johnson, then this is more contentious than I realized. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Ryan Johnson. Cool. I'm, I'm 90% sure. Okay, so you're pro the fly episode. Yeah. I loved it as well. I just think it's a, a, a great little. St- Pause to focus on character. So um, good. And leave the pl- plot alone for so a minute. So yeah. good. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into the non-spoiler part of the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, kicking this off, I, I, I really think the cinematography and the look of this film is on point. It was stunning. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched Breaking Bad. I obviously remember that always being a fantastic-looking television show as well, but this actually felt cinematic. Like, I could really picture watching this on, on the big screen. Like some of the time lapses he uses, mm-hmm. uh, just general framing and lighting just seems to be really, really well thought out. Mm. And um, on a $6 million budget, uh, I-, I was very, very impressed with how crisp um, it looks. And I think Vince Gilligan as a director, he he really plays with the language of cinema in a way that I, I really appreciate. There's... Um, you know, I was just as I was watching this film, it cast my mind back to season two, I believe, with the with the bunny rabbit or the mm-hmm. the teddy bear in mm-hmm. the pool, mm-hmm. and he does a really great job of kind of zoning in on something or, or framing something in a way that's you don't initially know what's going on, and it kind of reveals itself. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really, really successful at that. And I made me hung watching this made me hungry to be like, uh, there's people out there that aren't using the language of cinema as well as this guy does. Yeah, to its full potential. Um, it, about a, like a, a ways into it, it really got me back into that mode of, of how creative Breaking Bad was. Um, I remember there's a scene where a character's searching for something and in my mind I kind of envisioned a, a montage way of showing that and then within five minutes they were doing that, mm. like a really creative way, not exactly what I pictured, but um, I was like, yeah, cool, that's what I was I waiting for. I know exactly what you're talking mm, about. Mm. And going above and beyond... Mm. To do uh, that was a great. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was really great. Mm. So I just thought, I think you, you nailed it. It just was an elevation of Breaking Bad, um, and it just looked fantastic. Mm. I think also another thing that really stood out to me was Dave Porter's score. Yeah, I, I so thought returning from the show. Now I did watch this on headphones. Yeah. So uh, I don't normally watch uh, movies on headphones, but mm. I think that experience made the music like very. I was able to really zone in on it. And it had that like inflections of the the main theme, mm-hmm. those sort of instrument choices, um, but generally just kind of like a dark and haunting kind of 
or, you know, you could even say Harkens back to sort of a Trent Reznor-y kind of score. I don't mm. know. I, I just really, really enjoyed it. And it thought it fit the tone of the piece nicely. Yeah, it didn't stand out to me at all, but I guess that just says that it, like you said, fit perfectly. Um, but I, I also don't have any kind of decent sound system. So, Yeah, yeah. Maybe, and maybe it was the headphones. Mm. You know, it was understated, I, I, I will say. Um, let, let's get into the... Let's get into the story. Like, did you think after watching this film, like you were, you were, I'm going, I'm going in swinging here, but like, mm. you know, do you think that this was a necessity to see this film and, and did you enjoy the story and the plot and like, does it add to your overall Breaking Bad experience? Like what, what are your musings on those kind of topics? <laughs> all right. Uh, There's ooh, a lot there. <laughs> big questions. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this is necessary at all. Um, I, I, I think it's so nicely put together and well executed though, that it's such a nice little reminder of what was great about the show. Yeah. So long after it happened. Like, I love that this is six years later because so much of that is behind me now. I don't remember it all that well necessarily. There was a great little five minute recap of the whole series before this movie even started which that, that Netflix played, which I love. That really helped me. That made me remember how good that show was. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to go back and watch it all over again. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I really, really appreciated being reminded of all these little things. And this this movie intersects in a lot of really interesting ways with the series that, that I didn't really see coming. Like, it is an epilogue to the show set directly after it ends, but there's also some flashback stuff in it. Um, you know, there's returning characters here and there. Um, and it... Yeah, it was just a, a, a good way to appreciate, you know, that the finale was so focused on Walter White. Um, and this is this is really the Jesse Pinkman show right here. It's it's a different beast in a lot of ways. And I think tonally, because of that character's journey, this it it, it is a different thing. Yeah. Like it's going in a completely different direction. And uh I don't like it felt very long to me, but not in a bad way, more like almost like a mini season of TV or something, yeah. or like a, a series of short vignettes about this guy's life that I don't know. It was really well done. Yeah, I think that I, I I think that it sort of spirals into you know you know let, let, let's focus back on that question that I asked you and then we can maybe talk about that stuff. Mm. Sorry. Um. So I I completely agree. This is definitely built for Breaking Bad fans. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, this doesn't mean anything to you. Nothing. And this is kind of like it is a little love letter to the show in a way. Yes. I, I, I completely agree with you. And it's nice to see Aaron Paul flex his muscles in this character that he does so well. And mm. I kind of feel sad for the guy that he hasn't really had that other character, or at least I am unaware of that other role. That you just need for speed? <laughs> yeah, well, especially because Jesse Pinkman was such kind of a goofy character at the beginning of the show by necessity. That was the character. And to see how much he's evolved from there, um, maybe even as an actor, but certainly as, as just the character itself, mm, mm. Um, was really fascinating yeah. and very emotional. Yeah. And Aaron Paul's 40. Yeah. He's 40. And he's playing much younger than that in this movie. Yeah. He's playing like 28, 27, and he looks, he pulls it off great. He does, he does pretty well. Um, I will say that there's a lot of dissonance in this movie for uh, certain returning characters, how much they've changed yes. since the show ended six years ago. Um, luckily, that didn't affect me at all because I, no. I don't have a great memory of how the show ended yeah. necessarily or how people looked. But uh, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people complaining about uh, Fat Damon. the continuity. Between, between those things, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So um, I guess one of the main problems... So I, I think this isn't a redundant exercise, put it that way. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, should this... I, I think this is great. I think this is a really great little piece. 
Um, but where it does lose me a little bit is the vignette idea. Mm-hmm. So the vignette idea it works. It's it it you know it works. It's it, it definitely works, but it didn't feel vital. Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of this was almost rehashing things from the show. Mm. Um, it didn't really, to me, bring that much new to the table. No, I think that's true. And I, but I do think it struck a careful balance. I don't think it felt too indulgent at any point because there. Maybe that's just because I don't remember everything that it's referencing necessarily. Um, something interesting I heard today was someone comparing it to the Odyssey, um, which my main point of reference for is uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which was very loosely based on that as well. But but I, I kind of like that as just this kind of, you know, him going from, from place to place and kind of just stumbling through this journey. Um, but I, I, I really do get what you mean. It, it doesn't feel like it's... Doesn't feel like it's necessarily adding anything you didn't get from where he ended in the show, but it does give you just a bit more time with him that the that, that series didn't get to at the end there. Yeah. Mm. I felt like sometimes, you know, you revisited characters here and they were kind of like and and there was sort of some dialogue that was not necessarily clunky, but kind of I kind of already know this. Mm. And and as a fan of the show, and this is totally built for fans of the show, I kind of wanted maybe a little bit more experimentation or mm. something different or or may, maybe not even that, maybe just more of a through line for this plot. Yeah, there were some flashbacks that could have been deleted scenes from when they were filming the yes. show back when. Um, it reminded me a little bit of uh, uh, Glass, Shyamalan's film mm. from this year, where they actually used some deleted footage from Unbreakable yeah, yeah, yeah. and had to kind of retrofit into the, into the movie in a way that, wasn't really all that natural. They just had to work with what they had from the footage from twenty years ago. Well, the film grain as well. Yeah, which is which is odd for this movie because they they shot all new stuff. But um, but yeah, I get what you mean about the through line. Did you maybe that's a spoiler spoiler thing? But yeah, I guess I, I would have liked to have known a bit more about the the destination. But once you get there, once it's all said and done, it's a great piece. Mm. I think it's all all pretty great. Yeah, so do you want to get into spoilers? Yeah. yeah. So I'd say this is a recommend if you've seen Breaking Bad. It's just like a wrap-up of the non-spoiler part. Um, it's a recommend if you've seen Breaking Bad. It's yeah. uh, really nicely shot, uh, great performances. As a fan of Breaking Bad, just kind of rekindled my love for the show. Yeah, completely agree. If If anyone out there is concerned that this might take something away, it absolutely won't. I don't know how much it actually adds necessarily, but... It's it's that same caliber, that same quality as that show. Um, I I definitely say chuck it on. Yep. So spoilers. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen this, guys, get on out of here. Skip ahead to the next review or whatever happens. Mm. Uh, so Jesse Plemons was a much bigger player in this than I think anyone expected. Yeah. No, I didn't mean that as a joke on his weight. <laughs> um, but yes, he, he is one something that people are singling out is the fact that he's definitely gotten a little bigger since, uh, Didn't since bother the show me. wrapped up. Didn't bother me. Well, because he's playing someone in his like, young 20s, I think, okay. in the show. Yeah. And it didn't bother me at all either until he I saw a screenshot. Then I was like, oh, yeah, wow, he does look different. Um, but I like the way they introduced him very slowly. There's that scene where he's looking through the cage and mm-hmm. you only get parts of his face. And that's uh, the visual stuff. That was the, in the non-spoiler part, the visual mm-hmm. thing that Vince Gilligan brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And it, it, but it was also a good way of easing you into the new appearance of these characters, I think. Um, it, I mean, Aaron Paul as well, he definitely looks older, I think, than he did in that show. When you, Especially it, for season one. 
Especially season one. That's the thing. I don't think it matters when it's him playing what he's been through. You're like, man, that shit fucks him up. Yeah. But um, yeah, when you get him playing, like, so Walter White shows up in this. They're playing, I think, roughly around season two. Okay. And you're like, they're, they're, I don't know so much. Yeah. But um, it still works. It does. Yeah. It does. It, you you can't look into it too much. Yeah. I feel you got to kind of let it just kind of gloss over. And Do you I, think uh, Brian Cranston being in this added anything? No, I yeah, I was no. really f- kind of like, you know, the the initial thought that came to me was like, wow, Brian Cranston kind of came back to the role for that. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you want something more meaty? Wouldn't you no. want something? I, I thought it was once again kind of like we've we've seen this better in the show. Yeah, that's specifically what I I thought was kind of like a deleted scene. Like, should they probably? I feel like they must have had something that would have been more thematically relevant that they could have chucked in. Um, like I I think the opening with Mike Ehrmantraut was was kind of cool. Just to to remind you of their relationship, which I kind of blanked on a little bit. Yeah, same. Um, how important they were to each other. But but did you get that Brian Cranston's head was more shiny? <laughs> it was a bald cap, apparently. He didn't shave his head for this. I could tell there was something <laughs> up with his head. Yeah. I honestly, I can't, I could. I was like, his head looks like more bulbous or something. Mm. More shiny. Looked like it had been digitally done. I thought. Yeah. Um, someone I, I really did like returning was Robert Forster, the vacuum salesman. Ah, oh, fantastic. Um, who passed away the day that this was released, yeah. which is sad. Uh, he starred in Jackie Brown, of course. Um, he was really great in this. Great scene. Yeah. Great scene. And something we didn't really talk about in the uh, non-spoiler part was the use of tension. Mm. I think there's certain scenes in here that's really well done. And that was one of those scenes that mm. kind of ebbs and flows mm. with... Um, and that was so prevalent in the series, the tension, yeah. overhanging dread. Mm. And it was nice to have those little moments in here. Yeah. And, and a, a big part of that was the introduction of a, kind of a nemesis for Jesse in this through uh, the, uh, the welder, mm. um, who, who I liked was kind of like, you know, Jesse's kind of like the understudy to Walter White. And this guy was just like some small potatoes from that operation. Yeah. Um, I, I like the way they kind of retconned him into the story. And I, I thought he was really fun when they were pretending to be the cops. Yeah. Um, and then especially the the random shootout that they had. It was so clearly telegraphed mm. what he was going to do, but I didn't like necessarily see it coming. And I thought it was just kind of a cool way to show Jesse how he's grown, just using his brain to get out of this situation. The apartment shots, the apartment sequences in this really worked for me from Jesse getting into the apartment to searching around to the flashbacks to the altercation with the pseudo cops mm. like that all worked extremely well for me mm. and, and you know spoilers we were talking about in the non-spoiler the, the shot above above the the apartments yeah you know where you see yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the map of the house or a mm. bird's eye view the, of that kind of like a blueprint but minority report shot yeah. Uh, yeah i thought that was just fantastically done yeah yeah, yeah. like like such a a, a massive amount of effort for, mm. for just that one shot, really. Building a full you'd set, have yeah. you'd have to. Mm. Um, yeah, Robert Foster, uh, Foster, really, really great. Um, you got Christian Ritter at the end. Yeah, that once, was that Once was again, good. Love, I love Christian Ritter. Uh, I loved her character. Mm. Um, but once again, I don't know, She it didn't quite work for me. Mm. I don't know, it was kind of like the dialogue seemed clunky. I guess my main takeaway was just like, oh shit, Christian Ritter was in this show yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't thinking about too much else, but I thought it was a sweet moment. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. I, I liked the motif of how it end. It sort of had the him in the car. Mm. Um, and you know, in, in comparison to the end of the series, mm. I, I like that sort of visual image. Um, but you know, like it was fine. It was fine. But I don't. It didn't wow me. You know, it didn't wow me. So, how do you feel overall about um, Pinkman's little uh, added journey on here? Like. The fact that he he escaped to Alaska, he evaded the the cops. He didn't hand himself in. He's abandoned his life and his parents. And do you think that's a like an apt ending for him? It's an interesting, you know, one of the things I thought about as immediately when this ended was like, wow, this guy's the bad guy in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I'm rooting for him. Mm. You know, this is the stuff Scorsese's talking about in all of his criticism of Marvel. Is like, this guy's killed people. He's selling drugs. You know, he's getting people fucked up, and uh, but I'm I'm on his side. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. I'm seeing the humanity and the decisions he's making. I'm seeing it, not always agreeing it, but I'm seeing it from his side. And that was always a great strength of the show was the moral gray area. And I think that was really really awesome. Mm. Like I, I really enjoyed that about this piece. I, I thought that it, it just made me question. It just made me question like you know, what criteria you kind of um, form attachments with characters. Mm. And it's not always that they're heroic. No. <laughs> you know, like this guy's like in this apartment looking around, looking for money, mm. you know, and you're just like, come on, you're going to find it, man. You're going to find it. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I, I just think that's so fascinating that I, and it's sort of almost like I'm thinking about myself and yeah, I, I, I've just, I'm sort of rambling a little bit, but. I got a I got a kick out of that. You have been co- cooking meth for a lot of years. I mean, not not as good as Jesse. <laughs> I'm, I'm working my way up. Um, one final thing, I guess. But what about you? What about you in that? In for that question for yourself? I I completely agree. Um, just being reminded before the movie and then kind of during the movie about all the things he's done. Um, it it it, it all it, the whole story from the show to this has done such a great job at selling why he's doing these things. So much so that you are just like you understand, yeah, why he continues to do these things. Mm. You, you, it's kind of hard not to be on his side, even though, yeah, like if this was just a, a story in a newspaper, he's the bad guy. He's yeah. very much the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then he just gets that freedom at the end, and it's, it's like a sigh of relief. It's like, yeah, that guy suffered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess my one, one one fun thing was I didn't catch who the the letter was to that he gave at the end to, to yeah Robert me Forster. neither I didn't say, oh, I'm gonna me have to neither. look that I up that let us know in parents. the comments um yeah I, did, I I couldn't quite make it out but I thought he'd already had that moment with his parents so I wasn't really sure mm. yeah oh well uh, win for Netflix massive win mm. I think they'll get a lot of um a lot of views under their belt mm. I think they'll do a blast about that soon and will this spur on more Breaking Bad I hope not mm. hope that's it. I mean, would you want to see any more Breaking Bad? Uh, well, Better Call Saul's still going. I feel like maybe one day I'll actually get through that. But um, no, I've, I've, I had no interest in this happening, um, much as I like it and think it's great in retrospect. Um, and yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want to ask for any more. You don't want to see season 2.5 where we get Brian Cranston back, we get <laughs> Jesse, we tell an untold story between season two and season three. Definitely not that part. Although yeah. I think it would be amusing if for the next like 20 years they kept bringing him back and trying to make him yeah. look young, <laughs> just shooting these little short bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I'm, I'm, I actually really, really like this. Yeah. Really, really like this. Nice. It's one of the be- better Netflix movies I've seen. 
Yeah, which is interesting because it's so it's such a specific thing. It's so unique. This would be hard to do without Netflix, essentially. Yep. I mean, we've gotten things like the Sex and the City movies, the Entourage movie, mm. all awful. This wouldn't do well in the cinema. <laughs> no. This would bomb. No, no, no. Uh, so let's move on to the second film, In the Tall Grass, mm-hmm. a new horror film, Stephen King-esque. You know, Netflix have done a number of Stephen King uh, films and one of our favorites that you one that you recommended to me was um gerald's game yep mike flanagan's gerald's game and uh hey we're back for some more stephen king yeah so this is stephen king a stephen king novella uh, written by him and his son joe hill oh, um, i didn't know that it was yeah it was published in esquire from like 2014 serialized for a little while um and uh i just want to also mention uh 1922 the thomas jane film on netflix that's another stephen king adaptation a netflix one okay i think it's pretty damn good as well they have a good history with king yeah um so this one is directed by vincenzo natale of splice and cube fame which i love both yeah splice is the only one i've seen but i really enjoy that movie it is wacky shit um is much the same someone who's good at some some creepy body horror stuff i think yeah yeah yeah, very much so. Yeah. And out there ideas. So how do you how do you feel coming into this? I was quite impressed with the trailers. Me too. I, I sometimes, you know, I'll ba- ba- basically put it this way: um, Netflix, you know, dial in Netflix. Oh, in the tall grass, let's watch it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I I pulled the trigger on it immediately. Um, maybe it was maybe it was the fact that. We had Gerald's Game and a few really good ones in the you know in, in the past from Netflix. So I thought that the the stripped down kind of cornfield or tall grass um, setting was very conducive to uh, a low budget Netflix horror film. Mm. And you know I love Stephen King and his out there ideas. And I was I was interested to see interested to see where where we could go here. And and I love Patrick Wilson. <laughs> um, you know he he loves horror. Yeah. obviously loves horror um, or enjoys working in the genre and uh, this was all looking like it could be a really solid little horror film yeah I, I really love that setup idea it reminded me instantly of something like Lost which is mm. just like this bizarre mystery um, where it's just throwing these crazy twists at you one mm. after another yep. and you're just like how what what is all this what is what does this all mean um, you know this plot kind of unraveling to the end um, I, this was, this was such a Netflix movie. It was so, uh, <laughs> let's get an interesting director, um, possibly some interesting source material or some other interesting creator and then make a movie that is not great. I, I, I like, I think it's better than not great. Okay. I, well, I, okay. <laughs> I don't think it's great. <clears throat> Okay, I'm, so I'm getting not so great. confused right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting so confused. Like, what does not great mean now? <laughs> yeah. Everything that I've known, I'm questioning. Uh, no, I think this is really solid. Mm. I, I think that, um, let, okay, let's put it put it in the positives first. Right. The trippy nature of how some of the scenarios happen within time loops. Uh, spoilers, maybe. I apologize. But I think you see that in the, in the trailer, time yeah, loops. Yeah. People are arriving at times people chasing people get there before them it's yeah um nutty. interesting use of um uh you know the experiences they're having in the tall grass mm. 
use of sound. I, I thought those scenes were really, really strong. Yeah, okay, so for, for a movie that's an hour and 40 minutes long, I thought it did a really good job of, because it's pretty much entirely set in this field, um, and I thought it was a really good job of moving from A story to B story to C story, just um, moving through the grass kind of seamlessly, like um, keeping your attention and engagement, even though it's not making any sense. Like, mm. I guess that's kind of the point is it's it's all over the place, but not in a way that's frustrating. Yeah. Like it, it really, it, it keeps you interested. Totally. Yeah. And it crossover and... A lot of cool kind of um, merging from one scenario to another through like a, a weird cg shot through the grass that i think was very well integrated i thought the cg shots were really great yeah there was parts where i was like is this cg this must be cg mm. yeah it's definitely cg yeah um i don't think it amounted to much overall yeah oh. I, I i i tend to agree really the strength of this is in the, really in the editing the presentation and the sequencing of those trippy sequences yeah when we're getting into the mythos when we're getting into the back end, you know, we're really starting to lose uh, a lot of the momentum that the front half was carrying. Yeah. And it, it, ultimately I found it not unsatisfying because it's very Stephen King-esque. Mm. I kind of, you just kind of wear it on your sleeve knowing it, that you're going to get certain bullet points and certain crazy resolutions. Mm. Um, and there was definitely at least one part of the movie that goes exactly where you think it's going and it's it's pretty extreme uh we'll have to talk about it in spoilers yeah um because i think we i should have mentioned this before i saw this about two weeks ago and you saw this last night yes yeah but the interesting fact about that is that i remember a lot about this film and it stuck with me that's good so it didn't go one ear you know um maniac Mm. not not maniac um well maniac went in one (laughs) one eyeball out the other yeah and this is even an expression, which I, I, I've, I, have, first. <laughs> I have created that today. Mm. Um, what was the Jake Gyllenhaal one from earlier this year? The art dealer one? Oh, yeah. That the Velvet one. Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh. You know, that went, I, I've, I don't want to remember that film. But this one, I, I, I've thought about a little bit and there's some of the imagery stuck in my head. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I, I think when it starts getting crazy towards the end, something from the emotional end of it was I'm like realizing that I'm watching a movie that I don't love and I never will. Um, but at the same time, there was some other stuff happening, at least visually, where I'm like, okay, this is really cool and mm. interesting. Mm. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we just tear into this? I think we should tear into it. Yeah, Let's jump into spoilers, guys. So once again, if you haven't seen it, keep listening. Mm. <laughs> you, you'd give it a recommend? Um, I would give it a recommend, but... You know, I'm going to give it a soft recommend because yeah. I wouldn't die on the sword for this one. Mm. Um, I think it's a good, I think, put it this way. A lot of the time when I finish a horror film or a shitty Netflix one, I go, I really wish I hadn't seen that. Yeah. And this one, I thought, I'm glad I saw that. It yeah. wasn't amazing, but I'm glad I saw it. I didn't regret it. I think if you're looking for something weird and, and, and creepy and you kind of go in knowing it's not necessarily going to all come together, this could be worth a go. Um, in the tall grass might need some other kind of grass to enhance it. Yes. Who can say? Um, I, I, I think that you could follow that thread. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's spoil this, baby. Okay, so... Patrick Wilson was in a different film. Yeah. <laughs> so Patrick Wilson is the villain of the piece, 
which is not a spoiler because right from the get-go he is unhinged. He's Jack Torrance from The Shining. Yeah. He's clearly a nutcase um, because he has touched the rock and got divine knowledge. Yes. And he's hamming it up like crazy. Um, you know what? You know, Stephen King, he did it in we, – we, we went through it in It. Mm. You know, we get the, the First Nations mm-hmm. – you know, stuff. The ritual of Jude. You know, we get this something similar here. You know, I'm really over it. I'm mm. really over, oh, it's on an ancient Indian burial ground. I it's- preferred it a lot here because at least they kind of specified that it predated any sort of I guess civilization. So. I guess so. But I Seemed guess a little more interesting. the trope or the cliche, it's been so overdone for me for yeah. decade upon decade. Yeah. You know, I, I just gloss over and I kind of go, that's so uninteresting. Yeah, because it it tries to be sort of like I don't know Lovecraftian or something, just alluding to this mad, uh, unknowable power. But it's really just Patrick Wilson talking a whole bunch of nonsense. But like, what are they doing? They're just like the thing is, is when you are okay. Put it this way: when you when you go from the beginning of the story to the end, let let's say you are writing the story. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I've got this idea. You know, Joe Hill, Stephen King, they're in a room. They're nutting out these ideas. Oh, what about this image of these people getting lost in the grass? What's going on with the grass? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and there's this rock and there's these people and 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 there's this old, you know, civilization. And, you know, but when you start reverse engineering it being like there was a civilization and then the tall grass and then you kind of go, what the fuck is all of this bullshit mm. amounting to? Mm. And it's like if you're in there, you can't find your way out unless you touch the rock. Then you get the inf- the knowledge to find your way out, but you don't want to leave. It's like, but why? What, does, so what, what does, does that, that even mean? mean? Yeah. What is that? So they never address any of this. And, yeah. And Patrick Wilson, you know, he's this maniacal, evil dude. Once he gets this knowledge, the ostensible main character gets the knowledge and helps the other character to leave. It 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 doesn't really track in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I. I you know, and there was. There was something. What? 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 When this film really started getting, my, okay, let's put it this way: the first couple they go into the grass pretty early on, like the, away. the brother and sister they're mm-hmm. in, um, the kids shouting to them, and then you get the first couple time loops. And I'm getting really, really interested here. Yeah. Then they did something interesting where the girl died differently, a couple times. The pregnant girl. Yeah. And you get something that kind of feeds into that later on, where the brother's getting chased by Patrick Wilson. And he mentions something about where every every choice or every junction is like a different thing. And he's like, you ran left, you ran straight, you ran right, and I killed you every single time. And you see him killing him. And then you see him already dead a couple of times. Uh, in, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That is really interesting. And they never really followed up again with what that meant. Or, but but I, I, I love that idea that there's kind of these branching timelines going on in here. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I wish they had... They'd followed that a little bit more because mm. I felt like we were in the first like maybe six loops or like what if we'd gone to like a pile of bodies? Mm. What if we like this sort of like if we wanted to go, I feel there was a missed opportunity to have that cosmic horror where it was like the unknowable infinite loops or something like, mm. Mm. This, you know, like I don't think they, at least from memory, I don't think they tapped into that enough. Yeah, like because it certainly didn't satisfy my watching of it in either way, which is like the crazy, unknowable, uh, existentialness, or or a version of it where I think I could piece it together, mm. um, like uh, Primer, yes. which I, I'm nev- definitely not smart enough to put Primer together. But um, this didn't feel like is if you, you could sit down and try to put it. I don't, don't feel like it would add up to anything. No. 
No, I, I didn't. And yeah, I, 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 uh, I found Patrick Wilson quite irritating towards the end and all of that. I enjoyed him, but yeah, this wasn't really... The rest of the movie was kind of serious and, and, and he was quite quite hammy in it. There's a few shots in here that really stood out to me. There was one where they're jumping at the same time and mm-hmm. then he's like 100 meters back. Yeah. I, that would creep me out. That was very, very yep. creepy. And there was another really great sequence where the kid was on the shoulders mm. and they were following the... That sort of big castle, not not a castle, but it was like a hotel or something. Yeah, I think it's big a bowling castle. alley eventually. Bowling alley, right? Um, that was really cool. Yeah, like those sequences, they sort of the visual imagery in this film and and the the way the shot composition was quite nice. Yeah. Either way, if this was just an actual field that they filmed, or if they constructed this to some degree, it was really well done, mm. one way or another. Um, so the 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 part I was alluding to before that really stood out to me was yeah, when, yeah. when Patrick Wilson makes her eat her own baby. Um, what was that? I can't even remember that bit. So it, it's, there's a big thunderstorm and she starts going to labor. Oh, um, yeah. And then, then her brother, her brother shows up and is, is she's eating and he's like saying it's grass. It's just grass. Yeah, and just yeah. earlier in the movie, um, Patrick Wilson had mentioned, of course, that um, all flesh is just grass. Um, and I, I was sitting there like, like I, I'm not easily shocked or anything. I'm like, oh, are they actually doing this? Because like that seems like that's that's pretty intense for this to be any a Netflix movie that anyone can just sit down and chuck on. Yeah, and and sure enough, that's what they're doing. I'm like, fuck. But I don't think <laughs> you saw enough for. There was there was one shot that was quite graphic. I'm like, that's I can't I just, I've forgotten. That's that. good. You should look that. You should look at that scene again because uh, it was pretty cool. Um, pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was very gnarly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it didn't, then it didn't stand out to me. The, when the ground opened up and you saw just like the thousands of bodies going all the way down, kind of writhing, I thought that was really that cool. Was cool. Mm. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I've forgotten about that bit. And that maybe that maybe kind of ties into my sort of Lovecraftian thing. But mm. um, yeah, that really did feel like hell. Mm. It felt like, you know, if you were trapped in there for eternity, you know, it's <laughs> not, not great. a good place. So much mud. Yeah. yeah. So I listen, I think I thought it was solid. Yeah. I thought it was solid, but I wish it had kind of, um, I wish, you know, I feel like, the, you know, I haven't read much Stephen King. Mm. I think I've read a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I don't think I've ever actually even finished a whole book of his, but um, probably for the best. He, I feel like he always starts with a great concept and mm. a great hook, but he can't ever quite stick the landing. Mm. And I see that a lot in a, in many, many, many of his film works. And that's the thing, because it's, it's such a, a cliche about him at this point. They joked about it endlessly in It Chapter 2. If it's so well known, why can't they crack it? Why can't they figure mm. it out for these adaptations, you know? Like, do something different or... I don't know. Um, my main point of frustration is that this movie is just kind of fine. And I'm, I'm so sick of these Netflix movies. More of them should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they have everything they need. You know, you've got uh, however much money they had on this, which was clearly enough for the production that they ended up with. Um, they they spent it well, it seems. Yep. They had a very interesting director. Um, and I don't know, they came up with something that was just like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was thinking about Splice for a long time after I saw that movie. Yeah. Which is, isn't a perfect film, but I'm like, that was weird I would love and to wacky. watch Spl- Splice because yeah. I don't feel like anyone's talking about that. You know, what lost I, in time. you know what I thought was a missed opportunity with this movie um, if we're wrapping up? I, um, ever since the trailer, I just had, I heard that this gets quite 
intense based on the book. Um, and ever since the trailer, I just had the image of my mind that it kept creeping into my head as I was watching this of the grass starting to kind of cut through people as they're walking through it. Right. It was really freaking me out whenever they were just like walking through the grass or going off on their own or they start running. I was like, something's going to horrible. It's gonna, especially yeah. with the director, of course. Um, or even like just like kind of wrapping them up. Yeah. You know, maybe winding around their legs and they're kind of ripping, having to rip roots yeah. out of the ground or something. Is, is Cube the movie where that cow gets like vivisected? <laughs> Um, there's the first sequence where he gets into the little tiny chunks. Yeah. Um, Cow, listen, it's been a number of years since I I've could seen be thinking Cube. of a different film. I've never seen it. So, um, but yeah, I, I, listen, there's enough in here mm. for me to say this is this is a decent little watch. But that's fair. Um, I wish they'd kind of stuck the landing a bit more because then I would have really loved this. I can't tell you how much I loved how they played with the sound at the beginning. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I really, I was, I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. Did you do this with headphones as well? No. Cause no. I, yeah, the surround sound I think on this would be amazing because people yeah. are calling each, each other. They can't see each other and they're just clearly moving from position to position without even moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just want to get to the point where Netflix movie isn't, kind of derogatory which it is for me uh, mm. connor would connor would really take me to task on that we keep getting into this discussion but um it still doesn't feel like the real shit just yet i hope i hope that breaking bad or el camino is a step in the right direction mm. it definitely feels like it mm. but you know it, it's on a pre-established you know it's not it's on a pre-established series pretty established you know vince gilligan he's He's the guy for that. He's been working on it for a while. Mm. He knows the fucking drill. Six million bucks they made that for. Yeah, six million. So cheap. Less than, I think. But that that just feels like what most of these should be, you know? Getting an interesting director with an interesting idea, giving him some money, letting him fly at it. Yeah. I just don't understand why they're not working more. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish this had wanted... This could have been a really... This could have been in my top 10 of the year. If, if... Definitely. I love the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we have it, guys. Let us know what you thought of El Camino and uh, the other one. <laughs> In the tall grass. Let us know if you want us to review any other Netflix things as well because there's so many of them coming out. We miss a few. Yeah, we're keen. We're keen. We're now, we're now a streaming podcast. That's we're it. not a movie podcast. <laughs> yep. we, Disney sold us to Netflix. Yeah, and now Disney Plus. I mean, we'll have everything. Right? <laughs> everything. So we'll be back next week, guys. Plenty of reviews in the pipeline. And uh, thanks for tuning in. See you, Benny. Bye, George. Bye.